It's August 12th. This is encounter number five. How's it going, yes, Cole? Yes, it is. Not too bad. A little bit of a uh, little bit of cried in the throat today, but uh, nothing a good glass of water won't fix. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, I've been having enough water out here. I got. I was actually turned my phone off. I'm waiting for the probably the third flood warning of the day to start buzzing on it. They keep putting these uh, flash flood, this flash flood, that. It's like every other day there's a flash flood warning. Meanwhile, nothing floods, so like when it finally does, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to ignore the, uh, ignore the uh, warning. Please don't drown. Yeah, I'll try not to. It's uh, fortunately I'm on the second floor, and fortunately, uh, maybe by serendipity when I moved in this apartment, it had a ground level storage uh, locker, and... Because of an issue with the key, I couldn't get it to work, so I never put any stuff down there. And now I'm thinking, ah, that's probably a good idea because that shit is going to flood once it keeps if it keeps raining the way it's been doing. So, yeah, that would that would totally suck, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be terrible. Well, I've been uh, reading Baltimore kind of local news around this place. There's been a lot of crazy stuff going on. They had a uh, house explode the other day uh, over in north, oh, nice. yeah, northwest Baltimore. And so it's it was a kind of a row house, and I think two or three of the uh, the buildings just kind of popped. It was like, Pow! and so everyone's showing the ring doorbell, you know, neighbor is showing the, the, just this house exploding. And uh, they're blaming it on, first they were blaming it on BG&E, uh, which is the local... Uh, it's the Baltimore, I think it's Baltimore Gas and Electric. They're the local uh, utility provider. and But then they came out and they did a, a survey and they said, well, we found, we, we got everything set up to the uh, BGE meter, which is where they, uh, they actually meter the gas going into the home and, and measure how much you're using. And they said, well, it looks like everything was fine up to that point. There's no, there's no leaks, I guess, even after the explosion. It's still not leaky, so... They're going to blame it on something else. They think it's a... Uh, they, they either said it was a... Uh, uh, what they call it? Customer equipment uh, failure. But all I can think about is in Colorado, there was a house that exploded. Uh, some, I don't know, 2014 or 15 or something like that. It was, wasn't quite where I was. It was a little bit further uh, down the road. But uh, that one, I think it was just a drug lab. But when that one blew up, there was, you know paraphernalia all over the place like in the neighbor's yard and everything so i don't know if that's what was going on here or if it's just a gas explosion like they had in boston you know they had a boston uh, series of these things like there were gas leaks and things would just blow up for 
for a couple of days there. Jeez. Yeah. It's bad, though, because now that I'm watching local news, I'm paying attention to things like the crime around here, which is, well, I, you know, I knew what I was getting into, uh, so I can't can't say I, I'm that surprised, but it's always stuff like, even the area I'm in, it was supposed to be a, a, a acceptable, you know, it was not, not too bad of an area. But, uh, yeah, it still sucks to see it. Yeah, right? it's like I'm I'm going down. Someone stole uh, a car that's the same make and model of my car. My car is a piece of crap. So, like, th- that's where we're at, huh? You're stealing <laughs> you're stealing crappy cars from the from a 2010 uh, era cheap Hyundai, and someone stole one just down the road. It's like, oh, crap, mine could be next. They had <laughs> people walking. There's some nice trails around, uh, and I was thinking about walk. I said, well, you know, I can kind of walk down there and. Uh, you know, go talk to uh, some folks. There's a little bar that have been hanging out there. And, uh, I said, well, maybe I could walk there and walk back. But then I just saw in the report today, there's people getting mugged on those same trails where people are getting approached. It's like approached by five uh, teenagers and they took his phone and wallet. It's like, geez, Louise. You know, at like the 7 only time p.m. anything like that happened to me, well, it really happened to my brother, but I was with him at the time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a mugging. It was just a bunch of drunk teenagers who decided to try and beat him up and the other people we were with because, well, because we were there. Yeah. So I've been doing my best to, to get back home before it's too dark or, you know, go to places I can drive, you know, well-lit areas, stuff like that. It just bugs me because I used to walk around. Uh, I used to walk around that area and I keep going back to Colorado. How, here's here's the podcast about how much I miss Colorado. Is uh, I used to walk around in the middle of the night alone, and I could walk from my uh, house to uh, uh, anywhere down the street. You know, there's a Seven Eleven that I walked to at two in the morning, and I never felt unsafe. This is you know two miles down the road, but I've done stuff like that before, and it, it's. For years, I did it. It's even, you know, up up until just a couple months ago, um, and now it's weird. Where I'm like, well, I can go outside, but I don't really want to go too far, and I don't want to get too far uh, or stay out too long, uh, especially if I think it's going to get dark. You know, just a weird way that uh, makes me want to, you know, stay inside, and not go do anything. Mm-hmm. Ah, but enough about that. You been up to anything? Uh, nothing crazy happens up in Canada. Canada. Um, that was somebody got whacked by uh, by a flying tire today. Oh boy. Yeah. Was it one that I don't remember if I me- if I mentioned uh, about this on uh, last week's show or previous show about uh, how out in British Columbia and Alberta the RCMP is investigating. Uh, cases where people have had the lugs loosened on their tires because they're from out of province. Huh, no, I never heard that. No. Yeah, okay, maybe I was talking about it uh, when I was doing after show with uh, Grumpy Old Ben's la- or on Monday. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember talking about it some point recently. And so, yeah, it's like, holy crap, somebody, somebody got uh, killed because a tire flew off a car. Was that because of somebody sabotaging that car, or is this just one of those random uh, things? There used to be an issue 
years ago with a lot of flying tires off of transport trucks. But uh, from from what I've heard, there's there was nothing like a transport truck this time. I'll have to look into it. I've only seen the uh, the videos online. There's one where there's a truck is I guess some some vehicles going down the highway and the the tire comes off and it keeps rolling forward and it's the dash cam video of a, an adjacent car you see the tire <laughs> rolling down the highway and then it finally it's it's creeping over to the side and it finally gets to the uh, the median and when it gets there it just hops up and it it hops over to the other side into the oncoming uh traffic it's it's you know separated by a sh- by a small median so it pops up and it pops down and it like hits another car in the the windshield going the opposite direction you know, like 50 60 miles an hour. That look, looked like a day wrecker. Oh, I just just uh, found a found an article with more details. Oh boy! And it turns out, pickup truck towing a trailer. One of the tires came uh, detached from the trailer, and uh, struck a vehicle, and the driver of the vehicle died. Jeez. So apparently, there's uh, about 150 flying tire situations just in the Toronto area every year. But it's uh, pretty rare that uh, these days that anyone actually gets hit, never never mind getting killed by them. Yeah. So it is a rare encounter then? Yeah, it's, it's a rare encounter. And this guy, and he, he just rolled a one, I guess. Well, I heard uh, some of you on Grumpy Old Bands. Actually, I don't think... Uh, did you do a live show with them, or you called into their show? Because I heard about... I listened to the last episode uh, as of, like, Monday afternoon or something like that. But uh, Yeah, I called in after the show. Aha! Uh-huh. I was... Because I had... Uh, they kept talking about you on there. They said, oh, well. What if there's a computer virus that just writes cold acid all over your screen? Wow, what a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I was mentioned during the show itself. No, I heard and that a couple times. Called in, we were talking. Yeah. One of these days, I'm going to be on uh, Grumpy Old Ben's proper hmm. when we finally are able to have a show about retro technology. Well, I was interested in. There's a story that's been going around about Adobe and these uh, some sort of cryptographic uh, metadata, or it's, you're going to uh, sign uh, an image or something. I, I could not find the original article for that. Do you happen to know who were, who published that? Because I was trying to find the uh, the press release or something today, and so I, I went to the Adobe site, and I was clicking through. All I got was kind of Rainbow Coalition sorts of press releases, like, uh, you know, diversity and inclusion in, in uh, graphic design or something like that. You know, it, I didn't see anything that was technical on their site, and so I might have just been on the right, wrong site. But do you know where that came from? Because I couldn't locate no, it. No, I first heard about it on uh, on Monday's episode myself. And looking at the show notes, it's was it in there? Doesn't seem to be in there. I was looking at the No Agenda show notes because I thought it came up on there, but uh, I couldn't. If it was there, I didn't see it. I didn't know what it would be categorized under. But I don't know. I the way I hear it described, I don't see how this is any different than digitally signing, you know, a word word document or something. Mm-hmm. So, it doesn't seem. I know everyone's. Uh, now, if I that's what I wanted to do is I wanted to research this and come back with my uh, analysis, but I couldn't uh, couldn't even find the 
the statement that Adobe says they're going to do this. So, I don't know. There's not much happening with that. But as far as I can tell, the, the way it's described, that sounds like, you know, in Word, you can go and sign a document or... Uh, you know, I think even PDFs, you can go in and, and set it up in a way so that if someone alters the document, it, it breaks the signature. So Yeah, so that way... I'm sure Getty Images way, can watermark their stuff and say, yeah, this is the photo from Getty Images, and it maybe they'll even say, it's well, it's been licensed to this, uh, you know, to the New York Times or something in the file, but... Yeah, to make it, to make it harder to make memes out of things. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. I'll just have to yell at Darren and Ryan about it not being the show notes. Yeah. Because, yeah, something that big really should be. I got uh, I got anime listed. Anime listed? What's that? Like, I'm all caught up. Oh, uh, like your uh, AnnieList.co thing? No, I haven't, I haven't updated that, but what we've been watching... Oh, geez. A, well, let's go into that then. Yeah. I mean, I've been waiting. Oh, geez. Um, sure. Okay, so what do you want to start with? We got uh, Peter Grill. I think I'm I'm up to... I don't know. I don't think I watched an episode since last time. All right, well, how about HX Arrows? Uh, I think the same thing. <laughs> I watched Uzaki-chan, and that was it. Okay, so we'll start with Uzaki-chan then. Yeah, uh... So now I, we've got somebody else getting in the way, huh? Yeah, we had, uh... What was it? The, now the two friends are uh, are having an argument over the... What, what's her name? The girl with the glasses? Ami? Yeah, she's, uh... They're having what this the da- argument over... The daughter over... of the, uh... Of the cafe owner. Yeah. I... It's a fun, it's a funny situation, but it wasn't my favorite part of the episode. Uh, actually, I didn't like the last one as much as I liked the other ones. Uh, it's been, it was still good, but it wasn't, you know. Yeah. It was definitely not as zany because there was less focus. There was less focus on uh, Izaki Chan herself and her behavior. Yeah. And then the only thing we got was, you know, this long speech about chocolate mints and, you know, and then everyone clapped and I was kind of groaning at that. So, I was okay, we move on to something it else. It made me think of those, it made me think of those, like, those memes about where, like, somebody says that they, that, like, they were insulted by something somebody said and then they, like, had their whole diatribe and then everyone clapped and his name was Albert Einstein. Yeah, it was kind of... It, it was one of those moments. It was, it was pretty dumb. Yeah. Well, I was watching... Uh, I was clicking through on Twitter and some other things, and it was brought to my attention that uh, Uzaki-chan is not the most popular show on... I, I believe Funimation is doing the uh, the streaming. Cause I, so I went to the Funimation site, and you click through the uh, the comments on it, and just see what's at the bottom. Everyone's just complaining about it. At least they're not going on that uh, that she's pedo bait anymore, right? Yeah, well, I don't. I think they still do that. Well, I I never understood that because she's got like a she's got a sink full of dishes, great right? Tracks of land. Yeah, great tracks of land. <laughs> so I don't know where that comes from, but they uh, certainly it. <sighs> 
it feels like the same crap like when they had Final Fantasy VII uh, and they did the remake and they, they said, well, we can't have Tifa, can't have have big boobs anymore. So in the uh, original, oh. it, it, so they had to shrink her some cup sizes. I don't, I presume it's to appease some woke mob. From a, but from a different angle, but yeah. Yeah. Some people just want to hate on anything that isn't their bullshit CalArt style puke animation. <laughs> I'd like to Fuck see CalArt. Fuck CalArt. Oh. No, not that one. I was gonna hit. Oh, I f now I lost all my uh, ones here. Son of a bitch. There we go. S O B. It would be a good time for, like, the, the fuck ancient Egypt flip as well. Oh, I don't have anything like that. I've got a... Uh, I've, now I'm playing all these boards from the new soundboard, and so everything, or all the sounds from the soundboard. So all the uh, the samples are in different places, and I just learned... Uh, I just had a system worked out where I could figure out where they were, because I don't write labels on them, obviously. Everything's mixed up. Oh, my God! Oh, my God, Indeed. No, you know, you know what? Oh my God! Clip you need is which one? Jo Joseph Joestar. Joseph Joestar. Oh my God! I yeah. As he said it throughout, uh, throughout uh, the third, the third part of JoJo. Well, I never watched JoJo, so I'll put that on Joseph Jo by request. Joseph Joestar. Oh my God! That can go with. What do I have? I got. Oh my Oh dear God! <laughs> I got two on the board. Uh, I wish I were a bird. Oh dear God! Ah, <laughs> oh, boy. There's a there's a whole compilation of his oh no's and oh my God. I'm gonna stick that in the show notes. <laughs> Jeez. You know, I was looking for a kit. I was gonna get a you know a sketchbook for mm -hmm. for a, I was gonna get the Kate clips, but I couldn't find a, a clippable quality. Uh, set of you know her uh english she goes hello my yeah. name is kate from carnadar <laughs> i couldn't find that one I, fa I found some of it in low quality i couldn't find the clips i was looking for they go back and clip them later oh uh, have you been watching uh have you been watching sword art online as well no i've ne i never watch any of it i read just maybe one chapter of the light novel and it wasn't even it wasn't even uh like the first one it was some random one in the middle was it one of the one of the volumes that was this the short stories or was it actually like you grabbed a book out in the middle of some arc no it was something that was being linked around on irc and uh i can't remember who linked it someone was posting uh posting all these things so i read like the one chapter they posted Oh no! It wasn't. It wasn't the. Uh, it wasn't sixteen point five. Yeah, was it was. It? Yeah, it was. Uh, just that. Two I think years. That was, it. was that the one where it's just? Uh, it's just like a sex scene. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only one I've read. That's the only thing I know about Sword Art Online. Because <laughs> oh someone God. was posting that in IRC, I think when it came. When did that even come out? I don't know. The infamous chapter 
Uh, 16.5. When would it... I wonder what year that was. Uh, I'm not... That's right. I can't use the internet while I'm recording because it doesn't work right. Oh, well. Oh, my God! There we go. I got a baka. Like, 16.5 was, uh, was not something officially published. Yeah, it was the author, though, wrote it, right? It was the, yes, the actual but author, it was, but it wasn't... Yeah, during his early, like, when it was still just a web novel, and has never really been considered canonical mm. uh, since the light novel started publishing. Ah, uh, well... Some more fun for the show notes. <laughs> you can put that for... Yeah, link that. Link, um... What is that site? Is that TL Wiki? Is there, are they still around? I don't know. I remember um, there used to be a lot of light novel translations on there. I don't remember it being particularly good. At least what I read on there. Yeah, no, I'm not linking, linking to that. I'm not sure they have it up mm. on there. On uh, not TL Wiki. What's the name of it? Um, I know. I know this is site you're talking about because I've got it. I've actually got an app that downloads uh, that downloads content from there for reading on my tablet. Hmm. Now you're making me have to look it up because I can't just sit here and let it be. Well, I have to look it up. I had um. The unfortunate Bakasuki. Yeah, Bakasuki. Yeah, that sounds right. I think I had an app like that once. I picked through some stuff, and the the light novels I really liked were I read the Haruhi ones, or probably four or five of them when they were being published, and uh, like as they were coming out. Uh, I think Yen Press put them out, and they had. Uh, I liked the covers even because they did. Uh, this is at a time when they had, like, Spice and Wolf, when those light novels were coming out in English. They were actually, you know, printed in dead tree form. They uh, changed the cover art on the first Spice and Wolf uh, novel, and that was a big deal because they didn't have, uh, uh, you know, the, the anime characters on it. It had, like, a, I think it was a photograph of some woman in a, with an apple or something like that. But I think the... So that one sucked, but at the same time, I think the Haruhi novels... Uh, they all have these solid cover jackets, um, which they actually look pretty good. I I did not yeah, mind the... Yeah, uh, they really look good. The uh, And I, I don't think the Japanese version had that. I think that was the North American uh, release of the book. Or it was like the Yen Press version of the book. So, yeah, I've never seen the Japanese versions. I have all the... Uh, I have all the North American ones. Mm. And Yen Press today, but I think it was... a. I think it was published under a different imprint originally. Mm. I don't know. I remember getting them in Barnes and Noble. Yeah. And then back, uh, I'm trying to remember if Borders was was out of business at the time, or they were just they had just gone out. Yeah, I think the Japanese uh, the Japanese ones had character covers. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's what the manga looked like anyway. I mean, it, if you just imagine the cover of a light novel, that's what it looked like. Yeah. Little Brown and Company. Oh, was that uh, the... Imprint of Hatchet Book Group. Huh. 
Yeah, they published, they uh, put it out in the young adult section of the bookstore. Uh, and I think they did have a manga section at the time uh, when those were coming out. Like a very small one, but they didn't put them in there or anywhere near it. They put them in the young adult section, which uh, I'm talking about the Haruhi books. It's a it's a thin section for them. Yeah. I mean, when you think about the... Uh, yeah, so Yen Press is uh, distributed through Hachat, and they're uh, half-owner with Katakawa. Hmm. So if, uh, if Yen Press has the has the publishing rights for North America for the Hari books these days, that totally makes sense. Hmm. Is there any uh, news with this Amazon uh, deciding to stop publishing certain books? Because they... Uh, I remember it was never clear why they pulled certain volumes. Like, they said that we're pulling these, and I don't think they had a written explanation of what was in them that they specifically didn't like. Is there any news on that front? That you've heard i haven't heard anything news new no yeah i couldn't find anything either i actually went and tried to find a press release or something i didn't see anything so it's just it's just been buried yeah. pretty much well there's so much other but stuff I mean, to talk about i mean no one wants to talk about uh delisting books from the amazon store well again it's on the tablet right it's on their uh kindle tablets not uh not the physical books yeah if they started if they started like delisting or censoring those i would expect to see uh, fire and brimstone i remember on kindle was it kindle or was it nook remember when they uh deleted copies of i think it was actually 1984, 1984. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was a good one they decided to uh it, the only thing the only one that would have been better if it was Fahrenheit 451 and they deleted the book off your Kindle, that would have been perfect. But 1984, I'll accept that. Yeah, so that was, uh, that was something. But, uh, I mean, apparently it was removed because, because the one, the company that was publishing that edition didn't have the rights to it. Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, it's sti still horrible press. Yeah. I still think it's funny. <laughs> That's them. But yeah, it just goes to show. Don't trust ebooks. Yeah. I'm still on my, uh, my kick that I want to own um, movies. And... Like, uh, I'd rather buy a... It, it, I'm okay with buying a digital uh, file. Like a... You know, even an MP3 album, if it's a reasonable price. I'm not so bad I won't buy a, an MP3 because it's not lossless or something. Um, but it seems like that's the only thing you can get. If you want to buy a song or an album, you can buy the, uh, the uh, waveforms for those, but... Again, you can't get anything for... It's hard to get a DRM-free book. Um, it, that's not a physical book. It's hard to get a DRM-free uh, video file if you want to buy a movie. Uh, if they'll even sell you the movie. I mean, they, most of these they won't even sell to you. They'll sell you a license to watch uh, a file stored on someone else's server. Yeah. There's a reason why I bought physical copies of both Brazil and 12 Monkeys. Hmm. 
And what was that? To rip them and have them forever? Because... Did, did you see that something because coming? Because I can do that, and because it means that Amazon can't take it away from me yeah. if I cancel Prime or if they become too inconvenient to have around in today's uh, society. I've been thinking about how much data you actually need. And so uh, I actually, I've been curating and pruning uh, a lot of the, the files I have. So I'm not as much of a digital pack rat as I was before. And I think I'm, I can get it down to, you know, a terabyte or something like that. That would be my ideal of just that the entire my collection of uh, of music and files and things like that because I don't need there's there's a lot of stuff I have that I don't need I'm never, it just doesn't need to be in a collection at all and uh, I've been that's been a cathartic experience like deleting files I've been hanging on to for way too long but uh, I always wonder some of these are impossible to get now so there's some old fan subs I have that. You can, at one point, I considered getting rid of them because I was like, well, you know, you can always just get this on YouTube, but then they start taking stuff off YouTube. And, or maybe you can get a, a copy through, a, you know, some publisher, but then again, you can't buy the digital copy. You'd have to buy the DVD and rip it. For me, if it's digital, if it can be, and I've bought it and it can be downloaded, I download it. Yeah. And I save it. So you, what do you have? Just a big stack of uh, hard drives somewhere? Yeah, actually. My, uh, and I keep I keep adding to it. I keep... Uh, One of these days, I'm going to have to put, build like uh, build like a special rack just for, just for mounting all these hard drives. I've got some NAS uh, set up, and so I always... Uh, when I want to add, add a hard drive, I have to add two because I want to have some kind of RAID configuration or something similar. Um, but then I also want the offsite backup too. And so now that, it, that I have to pay, uh, honestly, I, I do everything through this Amazon Glacier backup service. So I guess they have my stuff one way or another, <laughs> but it makes me want to keep the, uh, the, cause it, you know, adding a terabyte by just adding a hard drive is one thing, but then when you actually have to manage it and, and set it up properly and make sure it's being backed up, you know, it's becomes more of a hassle but i've been it, i think it's good anyway like the cathartic experience of throwing a bunch of stuff out and even deleting files is uh, uh something i enjoyed i think there's stuff i no, have I from just, 2005 i just keep rearranging how i have things organized i won't delete anything unless i don't uh, actually need it anymore terrible terrible pack rat this is awful better than losing it <laughs> I've I've been at, I've been at the point where I just kind of wished a server would crash or my uh, so well you know really if this uh, hard drive stopped working uh, then I could throw it out and uh, you know it wouldn't be such a bad thing if it just crashed I've had so much junk uh, I got rid of a lot this year from the move I had so much junk I was like well you know if someone stole some of this if it got broke during transport like eh, I'd probably be better off for it so. No, no. No. Well, that's the way I'm trying to be. Honestly, I'm thinking that when it's time to upgrade my uh, my big storage, like I've got a 
I've got a, I think it's a, a 16. No, it's an, an eight terabyte drive right now in my media server. And it's about, uh, it's about two thirds full, I guess. And I think that when it's time to, uh, to put it, replace it with a bigger drive, when it gets to about, uh, three quarters to 80% full, I'm going to get like three 16 uh, terabyte drives. <laughs> three 16 terabyte drives. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to raid them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one, two in parity. Oh, yeah. And then if any one dies, then I've got, uh, I can repair from the other two drives. So do you name, here's a question for you. This is, this is an anime Craig question. Weeb cred. Do you name all your servers after anime girls? No. no. I actually name all my systems other than Media Box, which is Media Box. So all my other computers, phones, any sort of device that can actually take a name that isn't just like infrastructure hardware is named after artifacts from the Elder Scrolls games. Ah, <laughs> uh, crap. I had, yep. a, I had a whole set of file shares named after uh, Fate Stay Night Servants. So I had Saber, Archer, that sort of thing. Some of them are still around. I had Saber hung around for a lot longer. Archer was toast. When the computer died, he never came back. Now, like, my main computer is Starfrost. Uh, my Surface tablet is Wraithguard. <laughs> oh, boy. I was an RPGer long before I was into anime. Yeah, what uh, what kind of games did you like to play? Like, uh, were we talking DOS era? That far back? We're talking tabletop. Oh, okay. Traditional games, then. Yeah. D&D. Like, uh, somewhere, somewhere I have, like, AD&D first edition books in this place. I've got a bunch of... Uh, OSR games like uh, the old school Renaissance. Oh, yeah, old school Renaissance. I should I should be explaining that. I should be explaining yeah, that. Um, like... I, I so I've heard of old school Renaissance, uh, but my my limiting understanding. I've never played any uh, any of these. I played some D and D before without the real rules, so we kind of knew some of it. And we made up the rest. But what's that's OSR a, that's compared a to D and D? way of playing. Oh yeah, I could never be bothered. I even DM'd, I even DM'd the game. It's like I don't fucking know what I'm doing. That's okay. Just make it up as you go. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, yeah. what's OSR? So yeah, old school Renaissance. So like all these, all these games that are at least inspired by the uh, the gameplay of early role playing games from the 70s and 80s. So a lot of them are are based on original D and D, like the white box stuff from seventy four to I think seventy eight, or basic D and D, or first or second edition advanced Dungeons and Dragons. I've also got a book here that has uh, that has like one of the earliest basic D and D modules in two different printings 
as well as adaptations for the for it to fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons. Uh-huh. And so how so fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons has changed a lot. Now I'm not I don't know any of the changes specifically, but this is what I hear is it's changed a lot since the original uh AD&D since Gygax was yeah. around. It's a uh, Well the, even even third edition was a huge change from uh from like the earlier stuff. And what what, what kind of so change was it? Was it just the the rules some rules change or they just completely change how the game's played? Now I've, I uh, some would say the latter, some would say the former. There were a bunch of changes to simplify and streamline things with third edition with the result that uh, the game was less unbalanced in some ways and more unbalanced in others. And then fourth edition, well, we don't talk about fourth edition Dungeons and Dragons, which is why there's fifth edition these days. Yeah, we almost had a group going uh, a couple times. Uh, once upon a time uh, in Colorado, and just never came through. We even got, I think we had characters rolled up. We had some scenario uh, put together, and uh, you know, it's just a shame those things don't work out. It was yeah. this close? So we even had a bar set up where where we had a uh, we knew it was a, a good time and a good night, and and we knew that we could take over a corner of it and uh, not be bothered. So we even had a venue, too. It just fell through. We couldn't get it. It's one of these, you know, the schedules could line up. What a shame. Yeah. So with 4th edition, you know how in the Toho games, right, the spell cards? Uh, yeah, I know about the flying and the shooting and the jumping between bullets. That's what I know about Toho games. Okay. Well, What's the spell cards? Spell cards, yeah. I think uh, I think Remu has spell cards. I'm not I'm not too sure. Uh, it's been a long time since I played any Toho games. Anyways, fourth edition Dungeons and Dragons could have been a card game. Certainly, the people designing it were were really high on this whole concept of cards for everything. So you'd have cards that would dis- that would say like. These things that you can do at any time. These things you can do like once per encounter or once per day. So they're trying to sell um, you more printed paper. Is is well, the, not necessarily because it could just be on your character sheet. You don't have to have actual physical cards for these things. But it's like they had this whole idea in mind, and it was really stupid. Honestly, like absolutely retarded. It did not play well, very, very well at all. And the idea that they also had where they put out a new player's player's handbook and new DMG every year. And they would only give you a few a few things every year. And you pretty much have to have like a subscription to get the whole game. That was absolute bullshit. Well, that sounds par for the course. They're looking at like and the, the, and the uh, sports games that come out every year. Modern Warfare or something, you know, one of these franchises. Well, I mean, say, table, hey, that's our money. We can do that. Tabletop games, especially role-playing games, are big on the whole, 
splat book thing anyways right where there's always new materials coming out that you can buy to add stuff to the game but this is this is taking it from like here these are supplements you can add to your game that we're printing like money yeah to we're gonna we're gonna split up the core rules themselves into different books that we're going to publish on a schedule that you're going to have to buy. So if you want the proper experience in the first place, keep feeding us money. That's bullshit. I think the only people who actually liked a uh, fourth edition were the, uh, were the assholes at Hasbro who commissioned it. Hmm. Well, I got to hang out with uh, a guy from Mattel once. When we were walking around, it was at a, a, here's another AX story. Wow, we keep going back to that one. Um, remember, they had always had the game room uh, downstairs at the convention center where they would have the traditional games and things like that. Yep. Well, there was one year uh, I was down there, and someone I knew had a was working on a card game, uh, where they had done something with it, and uh, I think it was a Kickstarter, and. Uh, Long story short is the guy, I'm pretty sure he took the money and run, the, the guy who made the Kickstarter, but he had a set of card games. I got to play it, and I ended up playing with uh, a guy who was a marketing uh, guy from Mattel, and he was, uh, this is kind of like a shaggy dog story, but we started talking, we were playing rounds of card games, and I ended up hanging out with him, and we were just walking around the uh, the floor, trying out different games and test playing stuff together, and so it's uh, kind of interesting to see how many indie you know games you've just never even heard of you know not D or big label um you know card games and role-playing games and things like that but just like completely off the wall stuff people were coming up with and they're selling hey I, you know i mean i made up a game and i'm selling the rule book uh at my booth and i always like that uh entrepreneurship where they had the uh you know they didn't have a big company behind them and so this mattel guy is looking around they're they're looking for something that might be fun or interesting that that they like that they can buy, I, I suppose. But uh, so he's scouting the the market. But it was just kind of wild to see all the crazy crap out there. Oh yeah, like a lot of card games where it was just kind of the same. To be fair, a lot of them were kind of the same game where it was. Well, it's kind of like a trading card game, and uh, uh, but we don't have the market penetration that to make the trading part of the trading card game actually happen because uh, you're gonna you can buy this and you're gonna be the only one with a deck of cards but uh because some of those i guess you need a you need to be like in a pokemon or a Yu-Gi-Oh scale to uh make that work but some of them were i don't know some of them were fun yeah like different variants of you know moving uh not cribbage, but, you know, moving little markers around a board and things like that. It's fun. You can see some of that at uh, at uh, the tabletop cons as well. Yeah, where'd you go? Uh, I'm going to screw it up. It Gen was Con. Ma- Gen Con. I was going to say MAGFest. That's different. Gen Con. Yeah. When I was there last year, didn't see too much of that but they always have some people who are who are bringing something new there's always some workshops for people who are trying to make their own games yeah well those i've been to one of those that sucked that was like pulling teeth what workshops yeah 
Well, the one I was at was at a, I think it was at a literature convention or some other, it was just randomly there. And so I was sitting in the, the room and it turns into like a board boardroom discussion about how to make a, uh, what kind of game do we want to make? And it's, I don't know. I didn't think the people there were that creative. So we ended up doing some stupid, uh, copy of kind of shoots and ladders and clue, I think is how we described it. I actually I actually ran a workshop on creating a tabletop game mm-hmm. uh, with somebody else I know IRL. Uh-huh. And it it went pretty well. We ended up uh, we ended up like just prototyping out the basics. We didn't have that much time to do everything, but the pe- the people who were there in the workshop like we ended up with a game that was kind of like chariot races where but with cards so you'd use the cards to like determine like your chariot the the person who's like actually operating the chariot the horse is pulling it and the course itself and so like everybody be like coming up with their own their own chariot and you'd be this is like working together this is like together on making the course and you'd have to like try and make it to the end this is like ben-hur fighting on yeah. series yeah <laughs> yeah so ben-hur ben-hur the tabletop yeah. uh, the tabletop builder game there was one there's only one uh creative panel like the crowd uh you know crowd participation panel that i've been to that was fun uh for me at least you know i it was a uh, music one and i think it wasn't even it was at a was at a comic con i think in uh i can't even remember which one it was but it it was a bunch of the local university had a music program that was pretty good and it was some of the seniors in the program who are all you know skilled musicians and uh they had some music production guys on stage and they did live uh it wasn't quite improv because it's not you know like miles davis playing an improv you know line it was improv audio production and so they had uh people would say okay we want an idea for a song uh or we're doing a soundtrack so what is what should we hear and someone would go trumpets okay <laughs> he put in the trumpets and they actually had a guy who could uh you know didn't, knew enough theory could like improv the little trumpet parts and things like that and then the thing was the the audience was always pulling them to uh to do something crazier and crazier and so they had the scene that they scored uh somewhere i had the the file they posted them all online it was jackie chan's eating his noodles and then he finds something gross inside them was the the, the scene <laughs> and they just had uh the uh music was like happy uh it was almost like asian you know uh sounds like something out of chinese you know chinese uh, instruments and things yeah. from all, all the samples it's like dun, 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 you know it's, it, he's going along and then it, it suddenly changes into like this gross dubstep kind of thing it's like oh and his stomach turns and this, then you can actually hear the part where his stomach turns because it's like going, wow 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 <laughs> you know and so it's obviously as being in the crowd it's a riot but uh it's the only that one i always thought was the best done uh, panel of that type I've ever seen. And obviously I've been to some that I thought weren't very good. And so that that was the one time I saw it that I said, oh, these guys have it together. They know what they're doing. Huh. Yeah, I had uh, the unfortunate 
uh, I was clicking through trying to find different things to to watch and talk about. I ended up on one of these kids react videos, and it was kids react to old anime. My God, Uh-oh. yeah. And so I I hit I said oh, I'm gonna watch this. It's gonna hurt. I know it's. I'm not gonna enjoy this, but I'm gonna watch it anyway. So this is gonna be the most pedestrian crap. I bet they uh, they're gonna show like big three anime and or was uh, kids react to the opening scene or uh, opening songs. And it was supposed to be, I think when they said old anime, here's the other thing they said, oh, it's for old anime. And this era is 2006, 2007. He said, holy shit, no, <laughs> this, this is not even old. <laughs> and of course they play, it was like One Piece, Bleach, Full Metal Alchemist. It's like, okay, so this is just the stuff on Cartoon Network, I guess. But they had better stuff on Cartoon Network at the time. They weren't, uh, they didn't even bring up. I know Blue Gender got a uh, got aired pretty early on on Adult Swim. That was a mediocre show, but it was uh, I enjoyed parts of it. But they also had a uh, so I'm sitting here saying, okay, what? Let me ask you, what? Uh, what's the biggest anime from 2006, 2007? Maybe one for each year. Ooh, off the top of your head, what would you say? Off the top of my head, I don't know if I can even. Oh, wait a minute. Didn't, uh... Wasn't Harry in yeah, 2006? Yeah, no. that was it. 2006, and that was the first thing I said. Is okay, well, I, I'm gonna watch it until they have Harry. Where's that opening? And that was phenomenal. It, was, it wasn't just an opening for a super popular show that year. Um, it Also, the one that set Kyoto Animation off, I mean, they did stuff before, but Harry was humongous. It was... It, their uh their launch pad for the their the rest of the super hits that they had um they uh they never showed it it didn't even show up it also had nice. one of the most memorable openings from that era and then the other ones like they showed um i think they showed a bit from digimon i think was the oldest cartoon that they had and they asked the ki- and then of course they asked the kids so they play the theme song did jim it's the english version theme song the gym on the digital monsters okay and they they ask the kid what's what show is this and they kind of look at the camera and say, i don't know it's like come on idiots you stupid kids he said it like a hundred times in the theme song you couldn't figure out what it was oh well yeah the big ones were there was harhi and then i i was pretty sure higurashi was coming out at the time and that was even big in english maybe not in that year but um i, I know remember, that I remember 2007 was, was gurren lagan yeah gurren lagan was 2007 um which is hu- also huge um i know lucky star i think lucky star came out about that time that was also lucky star was before haruhi no it was after haruhi it was absolutely sure? after positive because uh lucky star had scenes that parodied harhi oh you're right she yeah. even does uh the that famous uh stupid dance they had in the opening that everyone was doing and if you saw videos from conventions it's like people fucking doing this in their class classroom or they're doing it as for their school project i remember i remember it was that. so bad but no it didn't rank as a didn't rank for this react video oh well so speaking of uh, older anime, there's a couple of shows that I need to rewatch. Uh-huh. 
It's been a while, and I'm starting to forget them. So, Melody of Oblivion? You no. ever heard of that? No, that's... Uh... It's kind of like... That was, uh, that was a Gainax show. Oh, really? That should that should tell you something right there. Oh, that was... um Was that the one with the maid, uh, robot maid or something? No. Hmm. No, it's the one with the, uh... With the archery kid and the and the magical motorbikes. No, I've never heard of this. You need to look this up, man. Oh, I thought I had watched most of the guy next stuff. Just don't, just don't, just don't hit anything first, or it'll be you'll just be like, go, well, you'll have mind to, totally blown. We'll have to put that in in the show notes or something. And I'll watch it after, but uh. No, I, I yep. thought, because I watched, um, was it Secret of Blue Water? Was that, uh, Nadia, was that Gynix, or it just had, uh, some of the same animators and directors? I think it was? Because they had, uh, I'm the character sure. designs were the same as Evangelion. They had, uh, the French boy. Yeah, and, Nadia uh, was, was Gainax. Yeah, Nadia was Shinji, and then the French boy was, um, his friend. Like, they just took the same characters, they changed, like, their haircut a little bit, and that's it. In Shinji's case, they changed his skin color, too, and then that's it. (laughs) Worked last year. Do it again. Then they had, uh, was it Magical Shopping Arcade? That was an OVA. I think it was an OVA series. Six episodes or something. Anabashi, I think. That wasn't Are you sure? I thought that was. I'm sure. Uh, No. Hmm. What else did they have? Well, they had Evangelion. Was it like Mar- had... Maromatic or something? There's that was the one I thought you no, were talking about. No, they didn't about. do Maromatic. They didn't. Uh, no. Well, how do I have all Honey these facts Am- wrong? Honey Amise, they did. Right, Royal Space Force, Gunbuster, Gunbuster. Woo, that's a good one. Even Galleon. Yeah. Uh, Fulakuli, Gurren Lagon. They did oh, more. They, and, they did more oh, than they did that. Do Maromatic? You're right. Yeah. No remembers it. Yeah, no. Because they does. also did Caricano, and that wasn't listed here. Hmm. They also did that weird one about the the preschool. Let's just not remember that that existed. I'm okay with forgetting yeah. that one. Yeah. Very good idea. Uh, the other one that I really want to rewatch is Rossifon, and you have to have heard of this one. Uh, of course. Uh, I've seen uh, the AMVs, obviously. Have you seen the actual series? No. <laughs> you need to see the actual series to get the to get the full uh, experience. The only thing I know about it is they had that uh, that uh, there was one AMV that kept winning. It won a bunch of contests one year, uh, and it was clips of Ra- what was it? Rafon? How did you pronounce it? Rossifon. Rossifon, that was it. It was Rossifon with uh, this Dido song. Uh, not Dido. It was... Um, ah! I think she's the Dutch the Dutch woman with the power gloves. Um, Dutch woman with the power gloves. The, the Dutch woman with the power gloves. Uh, she did uh, Must Be Dreaming. And so this won all the uh, AMV contests, and then I, I think it was the next year, a little bit later on, they had AMV Hell 3, and they did a shot-for-shot remake of the winning anime uh, music video with Azamanga Daio, the same song, but they did, like, all the same effects. They had all the 
the different scenes that they had inside it, but they did a shot for shot remake of it with Azamanga Dayo instead. So it was, it's an oh, AMV Hell 3, the motion picture. That oh. That's a deep cut, too. If you watched that, if you watched AMV Hell 3 and you got that joke, then it was. Uh, you were in deep. And I watched it and I knew exactly what they were doing. I thought it was hilarious. Okay, did you ever see that AMV? Uh, that used like clips from all sorts of different series, and and was pretty much a, through them a remake of the actual music video for "Right Now" by Van Halen. N- no. no, no, I remember, I remember that, that one that. winning a lot of awards. <laughs> well, I now that I'm thinking of it, I not I'm thinking about it. I think I might have watched it, but it didn't stick out. I think it's on YouTube. Huh. It is. It is on YouTube. It's going in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, put it in the show notes. Yeah, Gunbuster, that was a classic. That's one I where... never actually saw it. Don't oh. kill me for that. Oh, it's good. Um, do you ever read the Forever War? Uh, the novel? The novel, yeah. Yeah. It was... Yeah. It, uh, by, Hol- by Joe Haldeman. By yeah. Haldeman, yeah. It's the same, uh, almost the same thing. Oh. Yeah, it's... it's. Last time I watched it, I watched it with a friend, and he kind of complained. He said, well, this is just derivative. But I didn't <laughs> think it was... It. I mean, it's not... It's not an adaptation of The Forever War, but it's the same kind of themes. It's... Uh, she goes out um, on these long... Well, for her, short-duration... Um, missions into space to fight these aliens traveling at near the speed of light and so relativistic effects come into play and so she comes back and i think she leaves when she's in the premise is they're at the all-girls space academy in high school and they're training with these fighting robots they're gonna fight the aliens with and she goes off uh to train on one mission and then she comes back and it's like weeks later but her entire class has graduated and moved on you know so it's but to her it's only been a short time and then as she goes out on longer and longer missions she comes back and finds out you know just the world is moving on without her and so uh halderman had his bit in the book which was, you know, was making allusions to vietnam and the world changing every time he gets back but uh and here it did the same same kind of thing, same kind of themes. Um, it was also phenomenal. This great 80s uh, song they play at the beginning. I was actually disappointed. They did a sequel, too. Uh, Gynix did a sequel. Um, Die Buster, I heard of. Die Buster, Tapuanare 2. And it wasn't the same thing. Uh, th- well, having come out, like, 25 years later. Yeah, that... Um, well, there's 15 or something. Really. Some franchise pulled it off, like Blade Runner. Did you watch the new Blade Runner? Was it 2049 or something? No, no. Oh, that one was great. That was uh, thematically consistent with the original Blade Runner movie. Um, nothing was consistent with the original book, but that doesn't matter. No, nothing could be. <laughs> I mean, the movie itself wasn't very consistent with the original book. No. Uh, do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep was... I think it starts off with a, like the the opening scene in the book is a comedy. It's a little bit about they're manipulating each other's moods with a, they have like a computer program to that uh, can change how they feel. 
So it's like, I don't feel like putting in the, uh, the mood to feel like I do want to do something. So I just won't put it in. I don't think it was really meant as comedy. Uh, I think it was. I'm, I'm almost certain it was... The, the first, uh, chapter of the book was supposed to be, you know, humorous, uh, exchange. It's, it's, uh, Deckard and his, uh, and his wife talking. I mean, when you when you consider like also the the religious aspects in the story itself, I think with that in with that in mind, like the the empathy boxes and mood organs don't seem to be so much a comedic thing, but uh, more tragic as a as a way of like for people to actually feel anything to begin with. Yeah. I did like the the movie though. It was another one of these um where they just completely they they kind of took the setting and they took the base story but they they changed it so much. But I thought it was uh it worked out pretty well. I actually ended up watching I think I watched all the different cuts of the movie um over New Year's. Because they had a, there's the director's cut, and then the final cut, and then there's the theatrical release. And then, of course, there's the international theatrical release, which is the same as the U.S., but it has a couple more uh, frames of violence inside it. So it's like when uh, when uh, Roy's pulling nails through his hand, it, it uh, they show like an extra quarter second of it or something. Because I guess America is always, even back then, we have the reputation, we're a bunch of prudes, I guess. Did you do you know what version was yeah. released in uh, Canada? What do you mean? What version was released in Canada? Well, they had um, they had a United States release of Blade Runner, which had I found this out from the uh, the director's commentary and stuff. It was actually cut down from the international release, so they actually had a different version. If you saw it, and I was wondering if. If they do something like that, do you usually see the same version of the movie, like in the theater that that, that we see in the states, or usually we do. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty uncommon for Canada to get a separate version of a movie from the United States, unless the movie was actually made here or possibly in Britain, and then. Uh, the United States gets a different cut of it for some reason. Yeah. Usually in those sort of situations, it's like the American version is cut down to make it simpler to understand, it seems. Oh, yeah. Though we've always had... So just going back to anime, I'm thinking about uh, you know, Sailor Moon, the way they, they chopped up certain things in there. In Pokemon, they would chop up certain things because they thought it wouldn't be appropriate for an American audience. Like they even cut I out. I think in, uh, the, in terms of movies that get different cuts in Canada and the United States, it's not because they think it's something that might be inappropriate, but rather they're trying to make it more actiony so that people won't get bored watching it. And a problem, problem. That's probably not it, and that's probably me just with like my own provincial attitudes against the uh, American public in general. <laughs> But uh, it, cer it certainly feels that way, that a lot of the stuff that comes out of the rest of the world that goes into the States, when it's not being cut down because of sex, it's being cut down because 
they're throwing in some violence that was cut out of the original release just to keep Americans still interested in it. Mm. Well, I was uh, thinking about, like, Card Captors uh, aired in on TV here, and when they did it, they they actually edited the first couple episodes out because they wanted to, for example, they, they wanted to make sure they had a male protagonist in there. They, they thought if they didn't have, it wouldn't appeal to boys if it was just girls inside it. And so I remember when the show started on TV, um, I think it was on, was it on Kids WB? Oh, I have no idea. We it was a have, local uh, channel. We didn't have all those channels up here. Yeah, we had a we had a channel that aired it, and uh, it was I think two thousand two thousand one, and it just started suddenly. Uh, there wasn't any any of the context. Like they they cut out the first couple episodes because somewhere into the first season they introduce a new character who's who's uh, I think her cousin or something like that, and he shows up and they say, well, you know, we're just going to start the series here. And so with no regard to the plot, they just did things. They thought it would have a better uh, better chance of marketing well. They thought it would get better ratings, so they just eh, just cut stuff off. Who cares? Well, yeah, that's that's more or less what I'm talking about when, uh, when we get a different cut from the States. It's, it's generally not because of the content itself so much as how can we make this sell better to people who are willing to walk out if they feel bored for 30 seconds. Yeah. Well, that's irritating, too. It's one of the things that uh, makes TV unwatchable right now. Tell me about it. Oh, well. At least we have old anime. Yeah. Speaking of watching TV, I actually watched uh, Terminator. It was uh, airing on our sci-fi channel up here. But, of course, the... uh, they muted out all the swear words and they ah. <laughs> cut down the uh, they cut down the motel scene where uh, where Reese and uh, what's her name are in the are in the motel making love. Mm. Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. Yeah. Sarah Connor. God damn it! Why can't I remember that name? Yeah, yeah. It's at the tip of my tongue. But yeah, it's like this stuff gets this stuff gets cut it's up butchered. here too, and it's, it's annoying. Well, the the only time I've seen that work, I was watching. Um, I think the channel is FX. They were showing um, just recent. It was like last year. We were all sitting around watching. Um, uh, it was a Mark Wahlberg movie. Uh, I want to say Get Hard. That wasn't that. That was uh, Kevin Hart and Will uh, Ferrell. Uh, it was called Pain and Gain. And I saw this in the theater when it came out. This is absolutely ridiculous. Actually, it's a it's a uh, one I recommend. It's just so dumb. Uh, movie about Mark Wahlberg and Dwayne the Rock Johnson's in it. Um, Tony Shalhoub is in it. <laughs> Tony Shalhoub is in it as this asshole rich guy. It is it is amazing. It's a comedy. It's like a really dark comedy uh, where they uh, decide that they work at a gym and they're pumping iron all day, trying to get the best body, and they decide that you know it's not fair that we. Uh, we uh, take care of all these rich guys, and uh, especially this guy, the Tony Shalhoub character. And they decide they're going to kidnap him and uh, and steal his uh, steal all his money somehow. They're going to trick him into signing some papers that are going to give give him uh, all his funds. And so it's you know everything goes wrong. Dwayne the Rock Johnson is trying to convert him to Christianity. 
because he's a this uh Tony Shalhoub plays this Jewish guy. And so he's it's it's this whole it is ridiculous. The whole thing's so stupid. But they uh the FX version had some slight improvements uh only when they cut out all the swear words they didn't bleep them or anything they did the over uh the overdub with the fake voice oh uh, uh, but it was all the lines were great though he's so he's like on the phone with him he goes you know uh where are you i'm at your house fanning your wife you know he had all these uh just the way that the the guy on the uh the voiceover was doing it was he was hamming it up Made okay, it fun. that might be acceptable if it if it's a comedy and the overdub is uh, hilariously bad, like that, purposefully that, bad. That I can live with. So that's like going back to Shinesman with the uh, with the simultaneous dub and sub. <laughs> yeah, I still need to take a look at that. Do you get a chance to look at Ghost Story at all? No, I haven't yet. Oh dear God! Oh, that's too bad. It's worth it. Um, why don't you put that in the show notes? There's a, uh, I'll, I'll link it to you after. There's a compilation of ghost story, uh, kind of best of clips from the dub, the ADV dub. Is there an abridged? You don't need one. It's already an abridged. It's, a. Uh, you'll, you'll see when you watch it. I'll, I'll link it to you after. Okay. Actually, if uh, we've been going a little while, what do you think about wrapping up? Uh, I'm thinking, uh, I'll get going. I, I've been thinking about for the first couple episodes, I'm fine with keeping it in an hour. Um, I don't want to get off the rails and start doing three hour shows right off the bat, especially because uh, I want I'm a little nervous about the audio because we yeah. have some new equipment and I don't want to keep going and have a a show that I'm going to have to edit or, or there's something wrong with it. The waveform looks good. So when I, I watch it scrolling across as we talk, it looks like it's correct. So hopefully, hopefully know, that I've, means it I sounds good. I was having good. my audio problems too, right? Yeah. Son of a bitch. S-O-B. Son of a bitch. I've got to be, uh, I've got to be starting to get some work done on bunch of tabletop stuff i have too uh-huh i i put into this kickstarter for for this uh system for putting together for putting together dungeons uh-huh uh, and oh is the extreme the restraints came, kickstarter came a couple of weeks ago but i still need to actually like start taking it out of the uh out of the boxes, start separating the pieces. When you say dungeons, you mean game dungeons, that. right? You know, it's not like putting real dungeons together. Just to be clear. No, no, not yet. We're <laughs> no, not real dungeons, not sex dungeons, just tabletop dungeons. Oh boy, no one sure why he turned his basement into a sex dungeon. The real mystery is why anyone came. Not so much of a mystery. <laughs> Oh, what would you think about the uh, the music for the last two episodes? I did pretty much the most. It's it's almost like if you were in a K hole and you had a keyboard with you, that might be what the uh, the sounds you would make would be like. Did that come I through like on on one. your side? You did. I like this one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking of doing because I that's all one take. Um, well, one take per track, and I think that's what I'm going to keep doing because it's so uh, it's kind of fulfilling when you can when you get it down. 
So I think I'm mm-hmm. going to try and do a new new track each episode. Maybe that'll be my thing. I'll try a different genre at some point too. It won't always be spacey uh, with catatonic music. Oh my god! I think that's a good idea. Yeah, we'll see what I can do. The problem is now I yep. disassembled my uh, my other audio interface, so I don't know how that's going to work. Oh well. Anything? Uh, anything? Uh, anything left before we sign off? Business? Old business? No. No business. All right. There's no business like show business. All right. For I'm not uh, going to start singing. <laughs> for uh, we're rare, better that way. Rare encounter. Encounter number five. I'm Abel. I'm cold acid. All right. Catch y'all later.